The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Father, let every year be anointed to hear. Let every heart be receptive. Receive all that you have today, we pray. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Maybe seated. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. I want to preach for a few minutes here. A message I've called, He's Alive. He's Alive. Matthew 28 and verse 1, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. That's why what I said earlier, you cannot get impacted by this gospel and just be some nominal believer. It's impossible because Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive. And when you meet him, it will reflect on your life and in your life and through your life. Somebody's getting help. For fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. Now, how many know that Roman soldiers don't lie down on the ground? Are you with me? In actual fact, if they were caught sleeping on the job, they were put to death. But the power of God was so great that the resurrection, the earthquake shook. An angel showed up, rolled back the stone, and the keepers did shake. They shook, and they fell as dead men. Let me ask you a question. If the Bible is so powerful, then how come so many churches are dead? I'll say it one more time. If the Word of God is so powerful, you cannot get any more powerful than what I'm reading to you right now. How do you even water that down? Can I read it one more time? Let me just check this out. Uh, there was an earthquake. Everybody say earthquake. Yeah. Who's ever been in an earthquake? If you've been in an earthquake, you know. Yeah. Okay. An angel of the Lord descended from heaven. I'm not talking about the little tiny baby things they show you in Greek mythology with a diaper on. I'm talking about an angel of God comes from heaven, rolls back the stone, and sits on the door, and his countenance was like lightning. That'll shake you right there. And the keepers of the tomb did shake and become as dead men. They didn't die, but they all were flat under the power because so great was the anointing. And the angel answered and said to the woman, fear 
not ye. I know that you seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. As he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. And there you shall see him, lo, as I told you. And the Bible says they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. What do you mean fear? What, what are you talking about? Why fear? <laughs> you cannot have anything like this happen to you and just be normal. With fear, an overwhelming reverential fear and great awe that something miraculous has taken place and that consumed them, and then they ran with, it was combined with great joy. In actual fact, you'd be laughing hysterically, basically beside yourself, because that's, it's like, it's like a combination of the two. Overwhelmed, don't know what to do with yourself, and then you can't contain what you just saw. And they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. And Jesus said, be, af be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there they shall see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came to the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. So these are all the people that were actually keeping the tomb. And when they were assembled with the elders, they took counsel and gave large money to the soldiers saying, say he, his disciples came by night and stole him away as we slept, which was actually not possible with a Roman garrison of soldiers. It's impossible. You could not penetrate. If they were protecting the tomb, there was no ways you're going to get in there and steal anybody. But they paid money you know there are people paying money even to preachers today to lie about the fact that Jesus is alive, to lie about the power of God, to lie about the supernatural, to tell everybody that he doesn't heal anymore. He doesn't set people free. So that all you have to do, just go to doctors. Meanwhile, people are dying from medical malpractice. I was just with the pastor of the church in Donna, Texas, and I've been speaking to him for three years. He told me, he called me, and really through Instagram was messages, please, I need to speak to you. Uh, uh, terrible things happened. My daughter, 20 years old, she died. And he said, I know that you can help me because of what happened to your daughter. And I called him, I said, what happened? He said, well, she'd had a knee injury and she had to have multiple operations. Multiple, probably in nine months, had to have like seven operations on the leg. And the last one, they said, when you get this done, she'll be perfect, her knee will be perfect. And so they took her in and they overdosed her on the um, anesthetic and she never woke up again. And he told me, he said, Pastor, you cannot believe the, how horrified I was. He said, yes, my beautiful daughter, his second daughter, I met her, she's coming to River University in August. She's coming right here. So, he said, you can't imagine. So in the world, they want to push you to medical science, and yet you see all the failures that are taking place. Right now, we're dealing with an onslaught of people that are suffering from the effects of medicine, from the effects of the vaccines, and it goes on and on and on. 
If there is no solution, where do people go? There is nowhere for them to go. And they will go into oblivion. But I'm here to testify to you today that Jesus is alive. And the same Jesus that walked the shores of Galilee, the same Jesus that performed miracles back in Bible days is the same Jesus that will touch people today and set them free and deliver them. And today you will be set free. Today you will be touched. Between now and the conclusion of the service, you will leave here changed, not by the hand of men, but by the hand of God. You say, how can you say that? Because Jesus is alive. He's alive. So in verse 14, said, if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until today. So money will cause people to lie. But let me tell you, on this field today is wagon loads of evidence of the fact that Jesus Christ is alive. And if every one of you could come and tell your story, we would be here 24 hours a day through next week and the following week just to hear the miracles that have taken place. Why? Because he's alive. Because not only did 2,000 years ago he rolled back the stone, but he came into your life and he rolled back the stone and you came to life. You were translated from darkness to light. Your whole life was changed and you were set free. If you look back at your past life, there are many people here that would bound by drugs, bound by alcohol. There are people here today that are on fire that were suicidal. I know the testimonies. I'm looking at you right now. And the miracles that God has done, which is overwhelming. Verse 16, then the 11 disciples went away to Galilee. Somebody said, I thought there were 12. He had one hung himself because he was after the money. And so then he hung himself. They went to the mountain where Jesus appointed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, said, All power, everybody say, All power, is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. That means this right now. We're right at the closing. We're right at the closing. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to see that the whole planet's lost its mind. I've never seen so much insanity. Watch my news program today. From this morning, you have men trying to convince people that they are lady, and then they can't give an explanation of why they're not. He said, I am a woman because all my friends, my lady friends, tell me I'm a woman. <laughs> men walking into a store to buy a tampon. Where do you put it? I'm just asking. <laughs> it's not funny. 
It's a mental disorder. We're dealing with people that have lost their minds. And if the church does not have the power of God, you cannot stop the onslaught of what's coming. That's why three years ago, church is closed. Because they didn't have faith in the power of the resurrection. And they were afraid they were going to die. We're right here at the River Church. We're not afraid about dying. I said, we are not afraid about dying. I remember when we first came to America, I was preaching in upstate New York. At that time, I had to lead the worship. I had to do everything. I was on the keyboards and I was walking around that one night and I got near the back and a guy looked at me and he mouthed off at me and he said, I'm going to kill you. So I thought I I read his lips wrong. He said, I said, I'm going to kill you. And then he cussed, blinkety blank, I'm going to kill you. So I looked at him and I smiled and I laughed. I said, you can't kill me. He said, I'm going to kill you. I'm a Marine. I'm going to kill you. I said, you can't kill me. I'm already dead. I'm already dead. So the guy got up and stormed out, slammed the door of the church. I thought, this is it. He's going to come back and all hell's going to break loose. I mean, this is 1989, back in the last century. I've been around a while. (laughs) The next morning, the next morning, the guy comes in. I'm leading worship. He comes and sits like 10 rows from the front. I thought, this is it. I'm going to die today. I am going to die today. And he just sat and stared at me. I thought, okay, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. So I finished the worship. Then I start to preach, and I walk down the aisle towards where he is. Because I thought, bring it on, baby. Come on right now. I mean, if you're going to kill me, kill me now in front of all these people. You know what I mean? I've got a lot of witnesses here. And he didn't do anything, which I thought I did everything to provoke him. How many know that I do that? <laughs> I was pushing him with every button. I thought he's going to scream any moment now. It's going to manifest. I'm going to jump on him like a chicken on a June bug. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, when I gave the altar call, he was the first person to come forward. He was the first person. I prayed the prayer. He prayed the prayer. He got on his knees and started quoting whole chapters of the Bible. I thought, the guy was going to kill me last night, and he's quoting whole chapters of the Bible. What happened? I couldn't help myself. I went over and picked him up and said, sir, please, I don't understand. Last night you were going to kill me, and now you're quoting whole chapters of the Bible verbatim. He didn't miss one scripture. He said, okay, well, I'll tell you what. I was supposed to be in the ministry. I went into the Marines. He said, I killed eight people. He said, I've been so guilty about it, and I just hated God. I couldn't understand certain things. And I came here last night, and I said to myself, that guy's a phony. But he looked at me and said, you probably were praying for me. I looked at him, I said, "Um, yeah, I did. He said, when I ran out of the door, he said, were you praying for me? I said, yeah. Well, I didn't pray publicly, but under my breath, I said, oh, God help. He said, I went from here. I took my car. He said, I took it to 100 miles an hour. I tried to plow into a tree. He said, I missed the tree. I couldn't believe it. 
He said, I turn around. He was trying to kill himself. He said, I turn around and I run straight at another thing. I could not kill myself. He said, I got to my house. I took my 45. I loaded it. I put it in my head and went click. He said, I looked at it. He said, I dismantled the weapon, put it back together, put it around in the thing. Click. He said, I could not kill myself. That's why I came back here today. Because something happened to me. I feel something on me. I said, it's this power, this resurrection power. It's this resurrection power. Which every one of you have when you have Jesus living on the inside of you. Somebody said, you must have been relieved. I was. I wasn't planning to die. But I promise you, I'd have gone out in the blaze of glory. <laughs> so Jesus is alive. There's no doubt about it. Look around you. Who of you here today can say, Pastor, my life is a testimony of the fact that he's alive? Wave your hand. Okay, so look around you to see the people. Somebody said, I don't believe it's alive. Go argue with these people then. Don't waste my time. Go argue with these people. Testimonies of transformed lives. And every single day, there's new testimonies happening of lives being changed. Now, it's impossible to transform a life just in the natural. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your problem is. Somebody say, well, I'll just go get better. I'll go down to Barnes & Noble. I'll get some books. I'll read them. Self-help books. I'll get myself better. You know, maybe mentally you can adjust yourself a little bit. People have done that. But you can't deal with the heart problem. I'm not talking about a heart problem. I'm talking about your spirit, your heart. You can't deal with that. You can convince yourself by saying things over and over and trying to better yourself. People have adjusted themselves, but ultimately at the end of the day, you're still dealing with that, what's going on on the inside of you. That's why people resort, resort to alcohol and drugs because they try to drown out their sorrows. That's why some people cannot, they can never be in a quiet room. They have to have the television blurring. They have to have music loud because they try to go against the voices that they hear all the time. That's why they've got to be around people. They're never quiet. Only the Prince of Peace can walk in and say, peace be still. So mentally, you can make some adjustments, but ultimately you'll never deal with the problem, which is the heart of man. Physically, you can make adjustments. You can go to a fitness place. You can work out every day. You can develop muscles. You can develop a six-pack. You can, you can be the fittest person on the planet. You can do Iron Man competitions. But the problem is when you get hit by a bus, you know what I mean? You're in the same condition as the person that didn't work out. You get hit by a Mack truck at 80 miles an hour, it, 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 it's over. 
I'm not saying you can't work out. There's nothing wrong with working out. I'm just trying to tell you. People try to, I'm going to change myself. You can dye your hair. You can get hair implants. You can get a wig. You can get a rock. You can get, you can have a facelift. Some people have had so many facelifts they couldn't lift it anymore. They dropped their chest. You can do every kind of thing, but it can't change the inside of you. Only Jesus can change that and transform that. Why do people try to change the outside of themselves? Because they're miserable about who they really are. Do you know how many people have come to me and said, change this about yourself? Yeah. If you could just change, you know, your hair, your teeth, change this. I said, shut up. I feel I'm comfortable with who I am. I don't need to change because you don't like the way I look. This is me. They want you to cosmetically alter yourself. Oh, if you just do this, what's it going to open the door for the ministry? Huh? Please. You know what opens the door for the ministry? The same power that rolls back the stone that opens the door. A person that is drowning does not care who you are and how you look. A person that is drowning just wants to be rescued. While modern ministers are so worried about how they look and what other people think about them, people are drowning and going to a lost eternity. Forget about yourself. Focus on Jesus. Go help people. Go rescue people that are drowning. At the end of the day, they're going to be so appreciative that you did. I'm too tall. I'm too short. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I have too many teeth. I have no teeth. No, I hear all the excuses all the time from people about why they can't be used of God because of this, that, and the other thing. When Jesus comes and he transforms your life, everything changes. When we were at that church last Sunday night in Locust Grove, the pastor's a little quirky, I must be honest with you, and I've met pastors for many, many years. I, I can relate to a pastor. This guy, I couldn't really work out where he's from. Like, what, what, what's going on here? And his wife, I thought, Something's different here. So we were sitting in the room at the back. I said to the guy, okay, okay, so now you have a business. He has a major business, helps fund what he does. I said, can you tell me, what's your background? He said, oh, I was a major drug dealer in this county. He said, I was arrested many times and went to prison. He said, you see the head of security over there? He was the chief of police and he broke into my house to kill me. But he said, I got saved, and the chief of police is now the head of our security here. I said, and your wife? And your wife? He said, she was the one supplying me the drugs from Atlanta. I said, basically, you both are just drug dealers. He said, yeah, what happened when our life got changed and we announced it, the whole county came to church just to see what happened. They couldn't believe it. He said, 
We'd been busted. He said, you had one mugshot. We had so many mugshots, we had nowhere to put them. <laughs> and he said, the whole county heard that my wife, who was a major drug dealer and supplied me the drugs, bringing it in from Atlanta, and I'm a massive drug dealer. We both changed, and they told the whole the county. Everybody started coming to church. He said, my whole family got saved. Everyone in my family got saved, every person. Because he said, the change was so drastic. It was so drastic that everybody knew it has to be real. They thought I was onto some other scheme again. But he said they could see such a transformation in my life. And when he said that, then I could understand. I totally understood. Totally understood. Okay, I, I've got you now. I couldn't place it because he didn't come out of church. He didn't come out of, I was trying to place him. Where, where? I didn't even know how he fitted. He's in a denomination. I didn't even know how he fitted into that denomination. Spiritually is the thing that we're going after, changing people's hearts. And only Jesus can do that. And that's what you are part of. You are part of helping change the hearts of individuals. because you're going to reach people I can't reach. When I looked around and he showed me people from his church, then I realized there was no way in 100 years I'd ever be able to reach those people, but he could. That's why God's saving people and transforming them so that their lives can be used to reach a group of people that nobody else can reach. Every single person in this, on this field today, God's going to use to reach people no one can reach. That's why you need it. Can you say amen? Now go with me to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We've got something big planned for the kids right after the service. So it's going to be awesome. Romans chapter 10. This wind is blowing near. Verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, which is what religion does, having not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. That man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith. Everybody say, the righteousness which is of faith. Speaks on this wise. Say not in your heart who will ascend to heaven and that bring Christ down from above. If you listen to a lot of people talking 
oh, if only Jesus would come back. He doesn't, he's coming back to get his church and bring them home. But he's not coming back to go back to the cross. He already did that at Calvary. He already paid the price. Who shall ascend to heaven that is to bring Christ down from above? Who shall descend to the deep that is to bring Christ again from the dead? But look at verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh you. The word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. That's it right there. For the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and Greek. For it is the same Lord over all, is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that awesome? The world is looking to see Jesus. And as a child of God that's born again, you can actually say, I know this sounds crazy to religious people, you can say, if you want proof that Jesus is alive, look at me. Look at me. A born-again believer is proof of the resurrection. You didn't get that. A born-again child of God is living proof. You are exhibit A that Jesus is alive. That's why you got to shout it from the mountaintops, shout it from the rooftops, till the whole world knows he's alive. He's alive, and he lives on the inside of you. See, religion to push it out. Shut up. You're going to make a fool of yourself. If you think I make a fool of myself, you haven't seen anything yet. A child of God is not afraid. A child of God is not, doesn't live in fear. A child of God is not worried about their life or their safety. A child of God doesn't. Somebody said, well, will you get arrested. Come on down. I'm not backing down. We're not going to compromise to be accepted. We're not here to be liked. We're already accepted. We're already liked. Jesus accepts you, and he likes you. Are you with me? Some, you know, they say, well, God's really angry right now. No, he's not. I just talked to him a few seconds ago. He's very happy. <laughs> Jesus weeping right now. No, he's not. He's praying for you. Some of you well, Jesus wept. Yes, he did. It's the shortest scripture in the Bible. That's it. He's not weeping right now. He's at the right hand of the Father praying for you. 
Are you with me? Acts 1 and verse 8, you shall receive power. What power is that? That's that resurrection power. That's that resurrection life. That's the same power that rolled back the stone. That's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it will quicken, it'll make alive your mortal body. Not only will it quicken and make alive your mortal body, in your body there will be a display of the power of God and you will carry the presence of God everywhere you go. I'm not talking about hype. I'm talking about a living reality of a resurrected Lord Jesus Christ that is in your life. Yes, it's joy. Oh, yes, it's joy. Oh, yes, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, yes, it's joy. Even the birds are singing. Even the trees of the field are clapping their hands. And if we don't praise him, the very rocks and stones will cry out. But he's alive. He's alive. And I'm forgiven. He's alive. And I'm forgiven. He's alive. And I'm forgiven. Turn to your neighbor and say, Exhibit A. If they want to find believers, if they want to find proof that Jesus is alive, let them come and arrest the whole of the River Church on Sunday morning. Who wants a mugshot? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, we're not going to apologize for the joy. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I can't believe that they have joy on a Sunday. People did not drive for hours and hours to get to a meeting and sit in overflow, sit in a broom closet because they heard we had depression. When I shook hands with people outside, they said, I came because I need a touch from God. I need this joy that you have at the River Church. I need it. I need it. I drove hours to get here. And I'm not leaving the same way I came. Do you understand me? They were like, Costing me outside. <laughs> 
One little lady grabbed my hand. I mean, she must be like 80 or whatever. She grabbed my hand. She, she wouldn't let it go. I thought I'm going to have to chop my hand off to get it back. She said, I came hungry. I've come to get touched today. Exhibit A. Exhibit A. Proof that he's alive. You proof. You proof. Merlin, evangelist Merlin. You proof that Jesus is alive. Stand up. I know a lot of people will wonder and say, how can someone like this carry proof? But he carries proof that Jesus is alive. He carries proof. Listen, dynamite comes in small packages. What do you think happened when the, when, 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 when the angel said, go tell the disciples? They went with fear and great joy. They ran. They were over the top. He's alive. He's alive. Somebody said, calm down. No! They'll say, oh, you can't live like this. In the world, people are living on drugs every day. They're snorting cocaine every day. They're smoking weed every day. They're getting drunk every day. If they can do what they do, we can do what we do. Are you with me? Exhibit A. I'm going to call you Exhibit A from now on. Turn to the neighbor on the other side of you and say, Exhibit A. Because the world are going to look at you and say, I see Jesus in your eyes. I didn't, I didn't believe he was, but I took one look at you. I see him in your eyes. Not some crack, I mean cranky religious person with a carrot you know where.
Maybe you're a Christian here today, and you are alive, but the stone is still there. <laughs> you know, the stone is still covering the tomb. You still walk around like a zombie, it's bound by religion and tradition. Huh? Today, he's going to roll back the stone, and you're going to come out. Some of you be scratching on the walls of the tomb. How many days you're waiting for Jesus to come? He's already come. He's alive. It's time to go get the captives free. It's time to set the captives free. Lord. Hear our cry, roll back any stone that's holding anyone back today. It's the power of God falling all over this place. Power of God's falling all over this, all over this field. Let your heart be refreshed. Let your spirit be renewed. You know, some people today, all they're going to have by 3 o'clock this afternoon is an overdose of sugar. They'll have a high, all right, a sugar high. But what we give you is great, greater than anything else you can ever even begin to imagine. And it'll never go away. They can wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you the same way. This is there. This is there. You're not crazy. 
Don't let them lie to you, say, you're crazy. You go, you go to that place, you go to the happy church. You, you go to that happy church. You go to that church, that wealthy church. Yeah, we go to the church of excess. Excess God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Overflow. We, we go to the church of the overflow. Yeah, we do, we do. God's going to use you. This week's going to be a powerful week. Can you say amen? amen? You say, why, Pastor? Because Exhibit A will be walking around. When you walk in the room, Exhibit A just arrived. The fact that he's alive. Not only is he alive, but he lives in you. You carry a living, resurrected Lord Jesus to a lost and a dying Amen. I want everybody to bow your heads across this field. I want to give an invitation right now, if you've heard any one of these categories and those that are watching by wave television, maybe you came here today and you fit into these categories. Maybe you came here and you've never, ever given your life to the Lord. I want to ask you a question. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? If you went home, put your head on your pillow in the middle of the night, you breathe out your last breath. Where would you spend eternity? Where would you go? I want you to know there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath their flood, lose all their guilty stain. Today, the power of sin will be broken off of you. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. And today, you're going to be transformed. Today, you'll be changed, not by the hand of man, but by the hand of the Lord. Because Jesus is standing with arms wide open and says to you, come unto me, all you that labor and have laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. He calls you today. Maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor, I gave my life to Jesus years ago, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I lost my first love. I lost that peace, that joy that I once had. But today, I feel the Lord calling me, you that are watching in your homes. It's time to surrender your life afresh to him, to say, yes, Lord. Maybe it's something hidden that no one could see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man. But he said, I will take out the stony heart and put it in the heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will up within you. A new spirit. You're going to leave here with a new spirit. Your body might be the same. And for the most part, your mind, but you're going to have to renew your mind. But your heart will be different. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's something outward that everyone can see and that makes it even worse because you feel like, well, what's the use? Everybody knows what a big mess up I am. But God's a God of a second chance and a new beginning. And he says, come, will you surrender to him afresh? Will you say, Lord, here I am on this resurrection Sunday. May he come alive on the inside of you. Maybe it's not hidden or outward as we described. Maybe a storm came against your life, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. 
took your breath away, knocked the wind out of your sails, but you say, you know what? I'm coming back. Today he will restore you as he does all the time. He loves you. And then one final invitation. Maybe you hear and you say, Pastor, I love the Lord, but I'm not sure about salvation. The devil's always lying to me, telling me that I'm not saved. But today I want to make sure, I want to know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. If you knew how much he loves you, he loves you so much. All you have to do is surrender. You can't buy what I'm talking about. You can't even earn it. You just have to humble yourself to receive it. If this is you, right where you are, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, won't you quickly put your hand up and say, pray for me. Pray for me. I need Jesus. Thank you. Right at the back. Another hand over there. 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 Another hand. Another hand. Another hand. Just slip it up high and say yes. Today is my day of freedom. Thank you, dear lady. Anybody else, quickly put your hand up right now. Don't wait. Don't delay. Put it up high and say, yes, pray for me. I need Jesus today. And I'm not leaving the same way that I came. Once you've raised you, but put it down. I gave my life to Jesus when I was five years old. On this far side here, on the pavilion, if you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included, quickly put your hand up right now and say, pray for me. Pray for me. Include me. Include me. Hand right back there. Anybody else? Slip it up high. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? Slip it up high. In the center section, just slip it up high. God bless you. Anybody else? I see your hand. See your hand. See your hand. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you back there. Anybody else? All the way to the back. Thank you. Right over here. This section over here. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included in the prayer. I'm going to pray quickly. Put your hand up right now. Say, include me. Thank you. Lady, God bless you. Anybody else? You might never have another opportunity. Today, your life could be required of you. But you'll also never have an excuse. You'll never say, Lord, I never had opportunity. The Lord will remind you of today. I want every person that raise your hand, I want you to stand, please, all across the building. Stand right now. Stand. 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 I want you to bring your personal belongings and come from where you are. And come stand right there. We're going to pray together. Come. He's calling you now. Come to him now.
others coming quickly come as they sing stretch your hand out towards these precious people. I want you to look at me right now. I've had the privilege of doing this in 86 countries of the world, just like this, every day. And if you mean busy with God, God means busy with you. We're going to pray a simple prayer. One prayer fits all. You that are watching in your homes, as I pray with them, you can pray with us here. But if you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth. That's how salvation takes place. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't go away and make yourself better and then come back. You just have to receive. I want you to close your eyes right now. Raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. Pray this after me right now. Believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith, 
in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now just lift those hands. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day when we stand before you, let not one be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God and use them to impact this generation. Let many lives be touched because today you took over their life. I break every bondage, every addiction, every curse, and I set you free by the power of the blood of Jesus right now. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look at me, please. As a servant of the Most High God, by the power of the blood of Jesus, by the power of the name of Jesus, by the power of the Word of God, and by the awesome power of the Holy Spirit, I tell every single one of you, your sins are forgiven you right now. Forgiven. That's how it works. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.